Do you know I've got a song called Peanut where I just put on voices for three minutes? It's a very <laughs> famous song. It's had hundreds of views. My like, daughter does voices and I don't know where they come from. So, like, she goes, Hello, me tatty mate. <laughs> <Something like that. laughs> <laughs> and then she goes then she goes then she spent ages practicing like mommy how are you you know i don't you know <laughs> all right well let's do it me tatty mates and welcome to Michael and Ivanka's grand podcast. <laughs> welcome. How do you do it? Welcome. You have to breathe in and talk. Welcome, welcome. welcome to the episode. <laughs> it's a podcast where we talk about some ideas we should probably have learned a bit more about up front but you know part of it is just putting ideas on the map and then hopefully learning more about them as we or you go you can tell us um my name's michael forrest and i'm ivanka magic this week we're really we're gonna have a crack at something uh we're gonna talk about disaster capitalism <laughs> which is a term i learned yesterday so um i watched a couple of videos had a bit of a listen had a brief read i think i get the gist of it but i'm gonna be hoping ivanka's got some stuff to say about it <laughs> um i think we're gonna think through some thoughts what were we thinking about in terms of disaster well, capitalism well uh even though i've heard of the term more than michael has i have done less research than michael okay. i keep encountering the term in various articles and i've made assumptions about what it means uh, hmm. Which may or may not be true. So I thought, rather than uh, than you know just go and learn boringly on my own, I thought I'd learn <laughs> with Michael and with anyone else who cares to listen to this podcast. So content warning: we may end up on might Wikipedia be this week. <laughs> <laughs> might no, well we may end up reading from Wikipedia. I don't know. I hope not, because that to me is come on. If you're just doing that, you don't deserve to have a podcast. Um, How's it going? What are you thinking? It's I'm I'm good. I'm good. Uh, I am. Um, I hadn't decided which story I was going to tell you. I know something really bad happened to us this week. Man, well, it was good and bad, but bad. Uh, a man came. The man came to read the water meter, hmm. and at about half past eight in the morning, quarter past eight, he comes down. He goes, "Hello, hello." I was like, "Hello," he said, uh, "Madam." <laughs> There is something very wrong. Your water consumption is enormous. Mm-hmm. She said, usually you don't usually use a lot of water and it's gone mental. So to give you scale, I think we usually use about 20 cubic meters of water a month. Mm-hmm. But the reading was for 518 cubic meters a month. WTF. So this would be, this is going to cost us about a thousand euros in wasted water. But my first task was to find out where the leak was so uh we had to switch because we've had the whole because it's a brand new water meter well the water meter is two years old and the whole since we've had it there are 659 cubic meters used in the last month or there's been 518 of them so uh anyway we've changed all the pipes in this house except the one leading to the outdoor shower Mm. And uh, so we've had to dig up our terrace oh, no. and our outdoor shower because that's where the leak was. Oh, uh, but I switched off the water to the house, phoned the water board, got somebody, and then got our favourite local odd job man to come round who luckily works for the water board and he capped it off. So at least we're not hemorrhaging more water. But oh. for, a fam- for a family who try very hard to live in a not over-consuming sort of way... Uh, she's blown all my water consumption gold stars way, way out mm. of the water. Sounds <laughs> like you need to delete some done good points, doesn't it? 
<laughs> yeah, like, I need to probably go back a few years of done good points. Oh no. Uh, so yeah, that's that's clean tap water. It, and do you know what the worst thing about this? So there's no visible signs. Or, you know, anywhere, and mm. it's not even like the plants in my garden have benefited well, I because the water has literally like, gone down. Uh, I was going to ask, <laughs> so it's like, are there some luscious? Is there some luscious greenery growing at least? <laughs> there, well, one of the loquats, the one that gives us shade on the terrace, is enormous. Okay, <laughs> but it's always been, you know, it's been in, so. They're also looking at the where this leak is and the state of the tap. I think it's been seeping, gently seeping water, probably. For a very long wow. time. It's only in the last two or three weeks. It's just gushing. Oh my god! Uh, so, well, anyway, I have some similar but, bad news in that our rosemary plants don't seem to be dying already. Oh no! Mm, if only we had a leaky pipe, I might have survived. <laughs> my, uh, but my my positive note about yeah. about this whole experience was that the man who read the water meter could have simply gone back to the office, recorded the reading. And we'd have got a ba- massive bill. Yeah. And but in, no, he actually came down and was like, "No, no, no, we need to, you need to sort <laughs> yeah, out. Yeah, You've yeah. got a leak. This is going to cost you a fortune." Yeah, yeah. Well. So I shall. I'm. Uh, he's getting a chocolate bar or something next time I see him. <laughs> Bottle of whiskey. I don't know anything. It's he's, a scam. Uh, it's just he just he he does the pipes. He just wants free chocolate. Don't get sucked in. <laughs> So yeah, that happened. So yeah, oh, there you dear. go. Hashtag island life. How are you, Michael? Hello. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> right, I'm gonna. I've got. I've, I've always got a list of things. So I'm just gonna quick fire them. Right, we watched Killing Eve, which I was like, oh, yeah. who, I was like, who did this? Phoebe Waller Price. Oh, sh- let's watch Fleabag as well because I sort of hadn't really attempt. I'd watched it, but that was sort of pre guilty feminist, and I think I kind of reacted a bit badly to the the woman stuff. I was like, I don't, I don't relate to this. But yeah, quite enjoyed the first series, but really enjoyed the second series of that. And just realised that she's got... And we also coincidentally decided to try watching The British Crashing. And it was like, oh, that's her as well. Like, she's been growing this empire. Apparently she lives quite nearby as well in Kensal Rise. Um, but... Um, Killing Eve first series I thought was great, although like I, I sort of had to give it the bent. I was like, I think it knows what it's doing, and then it sort of seemed to pay off. But the second series we can't, we haven't got through. It's like this is nothing makes sense anymore. And I think Phoebe's, I can't tell if she's as connected to it, but I was, I was sort of pleasantly surprised, um, but also a bit annoyed about the way it seems to all be framed for like a four to three aspect ratio. So it's filmed in widescreen, but all the stuff seems to sort of happen in that safe zone. It's like, it's 2019. Like if someone's got a TV, they can just have some bars. They'll be fine. They're not interested in... But the fact that the BBC is still kind of like doing that, I find a bit silly. But... (laughs) I think think you and I, part of the reason that our telly watching doesn't overlap a great deal is that we watch telly very differently. (laughs) (laughs) I've not even clocked in any way what aspect ratio Killing Eve is recorded in. What about the story? I thought the story was was quite good. I thought the story was good. I I thought it was a little under... I thought the motivation was a little unclear at times. Like I thought they kind of overblew some stuff, especially. And then the second series really just—it seemed like they lost why anyone was doing anything. I'm like, why is anyone behaving in any way anymore? They're not acting like humans. They're just acting like caricatures of their first series arcs. But anyway, um, so watch Killing Eve. Um, but yeah, I did enjoy. Did enjoy the first series. That's for sure. Um, did, I haven't finished the second series. No. Well, there you go. Um, but that's because I, I can't remember the last time I watched something on telly. Uh, we do have we a very... my shoulder exercises and my meditation and my gardening and my podcast recording and my working and my child and my dog and my yeah, swimming. Right, I've right. got no time. No all time. Right. Oh, I'm too busy. It's so important. <laughs> I'm so <laughs> far too busy far for too things important. that aren't filmed in the correct aspect ratio for 2019 <laughs> we'll, um, we'll, we'll, try, we'll make the most of it while we can um, oh, a couple of other thoughts I see Cummings is behind the throne now he's got it he's got the yeah, throne no. he's uh, our little um, he's our what do you call uh, him Bannon well, yeah, whatever it is, he's he's taken the th- which as I the I've, puppet master. I don't know if I feel better or worse about the fact that the guy who actually had a 
reason for wanting Brexit is now sort of like controlling it. And maybe there will be a benefit after all. But also we've talked about, go and listen back to our episode about that guy to see what we thought. Ivanka certainly objected quite hard to the uh, I know better attitude. Yeah. And because of the backlog, I feel like I'm a bit late to talking about this, but I think we should have a bit of a weekly Cummings watch on the podcast. Oh, yes. I think we should be keeping an eye on him. Um, the other thing I was watch. just thinking, do you know, so, and actually I kind of wanted to ask you about was, um, I, it occurred to me the other day that I might want to study law like in earnest somehow. I'm not doing it I've if it's sat, 200 I've grand. up. I'm not going to do it if it's 200 grand of student debt, but um, I was going to ask you, like, did was your sister, what did she, what did that involve? Was it expensive for her to do that or was there some sort of way th- of doing it or is there a particular thing she's doing, do you know? There's, there's two different ways of doing it. Mm. If you're doing like a law conversion degree. What does that mean? Um, well, that's like not studying law from scratch, but rather getting some credit for the fact that you already have a degree and then going to study law. Right. Um, So it makes for a very full-on one-year course, very full-on. And then, um, but obviously she managed to do it and foster and all sorts of other things, Mm. so it's not impossible to fit around things. It's it's funny that because... she's obviously very, very clever. (laughs) It's funny that because it's obviously the mindset, the scholarly mindset. Well, you have proved that you're a Bachelor of Science already and we can convert that. You've already proved your basic worth in the hierarchy and we can convert your your thing. Whereas I'm just like, I kind of want to learn that talking thing like how to get things done by <laughs> the talking. arguing thing, the yeah. arguing, being able, and also I think uh, if I, I think I could probably do a lot if I understood how the legal system worked and with my technical, like the technological background. I think I would there would be a lot of opportunities to improve things there. So I was thinking like maybe it's maybe I should think about it seriously. Don't know. Don't know. I would like to keep you satisfied. Celebrate the magic of our time. Why go round in circles when you could be fine? Something's happening. Make you stop and think about your life Okay, let's talk about um, disaster capitalism. Yes, let's talk about disaster capitalism. Um, starting from a, I suppose, definition or an example, perhaps. The because the ones I heard today were, um, the, well, apparently Chile is the first. Like, there's a YouTube video I'll link to so that you can see what my sources are. But um, apparently, Chile, Chile did a whole thing, like some sort of military thing happened but the one the next one we know about is sort of reagan and thatcher and how thatcher got a lot of stuff on the back of the falklands thing and then like but there was a lot of stuff about 9-11 as well and how just oh shit i don't know you talk (laughs) so i hear about so my context for encountering the 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 term disaster capitalism comes always under the uh under the under the banner of uh brexit of people like trump being elected people like bolsonaro in brazil uh, somehow this term disaster capitalism gets woven into any uh, various articles that cover them mm. and my impression of it is like you like the examples you brought up of reagan and chile and stuff is like if you um, I think this is this, if you if you have to spend money in your army or in security or in something, you are creating jobs. You are this is yeah. and this is what 
I think a lot of the theory behind things like the Green New Deal are, and this is what the Labour Party did for the United Kingdom. They did the opposite of disaster mm. capitalism in a way um, when they founded the NHS after the Second World War. Right. The founding of the NHS didn't just help people be healthier, but it created a whole industry around itself of employment of supply of of all sorts of things because if you 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 it create in a way it created an accessible marketplace for the entire nation and therefore there were people could so it's that's sort of creating the nhs is the opposite of disaster capitalism but i think mm. there's something Although both about precipitated dis- in the wake of a disaster and it's ironic that like conservatives would be so anti doesn't that seem like government jobs, jobs created by the government seems like an anti-conservative thing and yet that's how they're making loads and loads of money now. The government is making all these but, jobs in... But it's not an anti-neoliberal. Right. You know, you know, neoliberalism does not believe in the in the public sector. And a lot of the things that old, uh, Kate Raworth talks about in Donut Economics is this, you know, the, 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 her, the whole neoliberal approach is based around the idea that the, the common is always wrong. So nothing that's publicly managed or publicly run or funded can possibly be its most efficient, whatever the hell that means. Yeah. So, but what, where, where I struggle, so that's my, um, you know, I, I have not, I haven't, I've made assumptions about it. Don't take our word for any of this, uh, yeah, uh, listener. Yeah, but, but go like, and check. Please do check our homework and email in with our, with corrections. We hope that you will get interested, and I, I'm certainly like you know I'm going to be thinking about this more. Um, but it, yeah, yeah. So and this, what made me think, start thinking about it this week is I, you know, there is it is uh, very hard to ignore the news that the planet planet has been experiencing a lot more fire this summer season than it would normally the arctic circle has been on fire and now the amazon is on fire Mm. and so we have you know this is not good (laughs) um unless i think you somehow um, can park the concept of climate change in your head and the and the catastrophe of climate change, and then just focus on the m- monetizing opportunities attached to the disaster. And I I don't understand that. I I don't I cannot process that. I don't I don't I don't I don't know where to go with that when people talk about sort of like. Um, you know, because I mean, I put I put this thing on my Facebook sort of uh, about the, um, you know, I, I just put that in geography years ago, I learned that the Amazon rainforest was the lungs of the planet. And uh, it seems we've got lung cancer. And then immediately somebody who used to work with at Ubuntu went, actually, that is not true. And gave me an explanation about why the Amazon is not the lungs of the planet. Um, so I said, so, so, which first of all, I got very angry at, you know, belly angry, nearly did a flippant, nasty response, then remembered that everyone's <laughs> just doing the best that they can. And then when, so I, so sort of the, the, the most controlled response I could come up with was like, so Amazon on fire, good or Amazon on fire, mm. bad. And they went, no, 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 bad, but it's got stomach cancer instead of lung cancer. I was like, <laughs> just, thanks for that clarification. Um, uh. But I once I once got very very stoned and sat in the garden and looked at the trees and thought wow they look like lungs sticking out of the earth whoa the trees are the lungs of the planet I could see it and I felt connected to everything and also I found that I could make a b- respond to a bird and it would respond back with a slightly longer phrase and I could keep that going with longer and longer phrases good times proceed <laughs> that's a good story um, we had a bird in our bird bath yesterday it was very exciting um, <laughs> it doesn't sound it <laughs> it was very cute okay <laughs> So yes, so disaster. So all these kind of like 
the, the sort of disaster capitalist mentality, we all look at, you know, I, when I say we, me and everyone I know who wants to be able to breathe and drink clean water and whatever, um, grow food, uh, look at all these things as, as disasters. And then you've got disaster capitalists, this in my head how it's filed, who look at it as an opportunity to make some money. Right. Mm. And I don't, I, I, I don't know how that concept is allowed to exist. How are you allowed to view the suffering of an entire planet's worth of people as a an opportunity opportunity how for yourself to make some money? How is that legal? How is that not the uh, definition of evil? Yeah, how, well, is well, how is this okay? How how can we even be you casually using this phrase in in a in a in a newspaper article? How is that? So that's my that's why I brought it up. Um, it's pro- probably just yet another la- lens with which we can continue our two year conversation about inequality. Yeah, well, um, that, 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 it's 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 the the sort of crux of it to me from what I saw seemed to be the way that to to create change, an opportunity for change, like disasters are an opportunity for change, mm. and. Um, yeah, so, and we know that different types of people may be in a position to make those changes in response to a disaster. It's weird thinking about Brexit. Like, Brexit's not like a... It's not a disaster in the same way as, you know, the Reichstag fire was, for example. <laughs> like, um, that was... that. That's what we watched at the weekend. We watched... Um, uh, Michael Moore's film, Fahrenheit 11.9, on Netflix. Oh. Have you seen that? No. About Trump... Uh, basically about how Trump started this whole presidential thing because Gwen Stefani was getting paid more than him and he wanted to prove that he was more popular. That's how it started. Really? It's literally how it started. And uh, and then he got a taste for it. It was like, wow, we've got a crap. And all that, that whole Mexicans are racists bit was almost like, it was part of him. It was He was almost doing like a, it was almost like a joke. Like that whole podium thing was, he was just like, making stuff up and trying to look as though he wanted to be elected and just to try and prove something to what like some tv network and it just escalated from there can you but um but like so michael moore draws a lot of comparisons with the state of like what germany germany in the 30s had the biggest film had made the best films in the world they were a lot of um like affluent people, like it was a really good, you know, it was it was very a lot of parallels between America's status today, and then just talking about how, like Hitler got in and you know, the Reichstag fire was this precipitating event that they declared a national emergency that then let the you know them take power in a more serious way. So I mean, if that's you know the Nazis did a bit of disaster capitalism to get into power, and now like just the fact that Trump is casually just living in a permanent state of emergency. Uh, powers now but but that's what boris is going for oh yeah 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 yeah. yeah you yeah. know it's like that's where brexit is a disaster is that they are invoking um disaster tactics to try and take over parliament basically yeah, yeah his yeah. little gang well so, i mean i think i i well, see dominic it, is i think dominic more than like johnson's <laughs> it's depressing that grown-ups would vote him into a position of power that's pretty depressing but like um I mean, let's face it, Cummings is, he's, he's manoeuvred himself into position in a completely undemocratic way. And I mean, mm. I, he's not going to have a crown on his head, but he's going to certainly be driving things because Boris hasn't got an idea in his head. He's just like, really? as long as yeah, Cummings yeah. can pr- couch it in terms of this will make you look like a famous. leader, this will make you yeah, famous, yeah, yeah. then he's going to be able to get anything through this guy. I did um, see a picture of Cummings the other day, looked very thin. Hopefully okay. he's not very well. <laughs> well, if he's like a Bannon, he's, I think it's looking horribly unhealthy seems to be part of the profile, doesn't okay, it? Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, I think I think with some of these like um, behaviours of humans, I sort of think if if I didn't love so many people, I think I would suggest that we didn't deserve <laughs> to make it. Do you know what I mean? Like we do some... F- fucking stupid things on the whole and it's like you know like that trump competing with great you know like never before has ignorance been given so much freedom to 
you know, like gone so unquestioned. And it's like at least people used to feel bad about not knowing yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. Being embarrassed. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, I saw I saw that article. There was a, I sh- I'm sure I sh- showed it you on oh, um, the the news, the head of news for Channel 4 talking about the fact that, you know, coming into these difficult times, journalists have a duty to question politicians more and to call them out when they're lying and then radio four or bbc four whatever one of them put Mm. out a thing to go should um should uh politicians always be challenged when they lie in an interview (laughs) i was like my my reply was just yes (laughs) i was like i mean can you imagine like if uh, in what walk of life in (laughs) what walk of life can you walk around lying yeah and get away with it and not be challenged. Imagine at work. Did you do that work? Yes. Yes, I did. Yes, <laughs> yes I did. Yes. And I did a wonderful job in it. And no one's better at doing this sort of thing than I am. Okay, then. <laughs> yeah, How here's the pay rise. Yeah. Um, it's like, just like, I, I don't... It was like, how is that even allowed to be a question? By the fact that you're even putting it out there as a question implies that there is a possibility where the answer could be no 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 they shouldn't it's like <laughs> do you know what i mean yeah no no it's no like, exactly and like radio 4 lost their any respect from me a long time ago like i think they've been part of this and they're the most authoritative sounding news source right? they are, they're yeah. the most oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. british bbc sounding thing and they are absolutely they utterly riding roughshod over journalistic integrity and accountability in my opinion like they do not care one bit they just want to kind of like have these tiny little segments of what seems to be a conversation but is actually some sort of rushed shallow buzzword yelling thing that then gets skipped for the news or the next segment or a little bit of like emotion porn like, oh, like a story about like something terrible happening somewhere. Here, here, here's something for you to cry about. Like, and now, sports. So the disasters, the, the, yeah. it's funny, like how you define these disasters. Because we can talk about the disaster side of it. Because Brexit's a weird kind of disaster. Like, because it's like a democratic disaster, isn't it? Rather than a something got blown up disaster. Um, yeah. no, so here's how I like how, how 9-11 was used according to what I saw today is that basically this war on terror was created as this. It's basically a never-ending project. It's, it's a never-ending industry. Of, a never-ending industry that is yeah. employing hundreds and thousands of people, paying them a lot of money, and then there was this bit, like, like to start off with, like, these contractors that go over, like, consultants that are going over to sort of Afghanistan and places, Iraq and yeah. places like that, um, uh, and now, like, outnumber the soldiers. So these sort of highly paid democracy consultants now sort of like outnumber even the the troops just because it's all about like how how can we keep you know making money out of this. The other the other aspect of all this was how it like relied on this shock treatment idea where if you put someone into a shake, state of shock then they become a lot more um, suggestible and a lot easier to yeah. like you know they become sort of more childlike somehow and so they were doing sort of electric shock therapy and then talking about the cia's like torture tactics um and how um you know if you can just kind of shock people into a state of that sort of childlike vulnerability then you can sort of get get them to do things that you wouldn't otherwise be able to get and then that's exactly what still being was still being used in guantanamo and places like that by the u.s until i don't know probably still now i don't know um and then yeah so you put the nation while the nation is in a state of shock over something like 9-11 it's like okay let's uh take away some of your basic freedoms and make some money and like but but that's the same in the uk there's the um the the right to detain indefinitely yeah, somebody yeah. who's 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 suspected of terrorism yeah and it's just you know but that affects all of us yes it's like it, it you know to say and it, but it go it, it all goes back you know it all goes back to this creating people to hate and then therefore when you're watching the news instead of going oh my god look this industry is being created to kill people for no reason you go oh well thank goodness they're defending us from the evil 
Islams um, or in this current in the current incarnation of us versus them and it's like it's just a bit tiring to be honest with you because well. it's just like it's yeah. it's why can't like the the green new deal I know and I know I don't know enough about the 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 the, the minutiae of the green new deal to be able to critique it in any way yeah. however I still think a an equivalent you know to the disaster economy that's trying to set out to make everything better by using the same industry creation tactics yeah. but not around disaster but ra- rather around progress and survival yeah. i don't see how that's a bad thing it's like why why is you know because um uh, in that donut economics uh, kate rawls t- talks about uh, the us coming out of the depression by the government spending loads on putting in transport infrastructure, like mm. building the railway. So that creates mm. jobs, it creates blah, 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 blah. So this, that's what this is. Let's get, let's create jobs around people installing inst- insulation on everyone's house. Yeah, like let's- we're doing it, you're doing it anyway. Like these governments, they're doing it anyway. They're doing a massive scale job creation, like government yeah. job creation. You're doing it anyway. Why not do it for something good? And and I have an answer yeah. for that in it couched in terms of I don't know if you saw probably didn't but uh, Stephen Fry's Pindex the latest video on that was are as conservative brains different no. to liberal you know to um, the other types of brains I don't want to say liberal anymore what's the word I want but um, um, and basically it's you are, you act out of fear versus acting out yeah. of like a creative. <laughs> optimism yeah, yeah. looking to make things better yeah, but we've, so yeah. the conservative yeah. governments are very happy to justify a, a war on terror employing thousands of people and spending massive doing massive government spending on something out of fear that they would yeah. not even conceive of doing out of like doing something good like and it comes back to that like you're happy to spend all this money on war but not education why isn't education like an aircraft carrier like with the most expensive high-tech hardware in the world why is war that thing um and that's a fundamental difference between fear and you know and you see countries that take the opposite tack doing a lot better citation needed well the um just for a little bit of an editorial correction, we reference the research on conservative versus liberal brains in this very podcast some time ago. Oh, so did. we didn't need Stephen, Stephen Fry to tell us. But yeah, there's that sort of fear versus... But I, but I, know, was, I, I mean, know, that was my answer to your question that you were answering. Yeah, it's like, why, why can't yeah. they? It's because they're afraid rather than like looking for a positive solution. Rather than solution. creative, yeah. Because I, I mean, I was having this... Uh, casual conversation with a, another parent uh, as our children bounced up and down on a trampoline <laughs> and he's he's a croat she's half croat half american and they're currently living in barcelona and they're like oh why are you here i said well i've sort of basically decided that i'm not stuck my child will not be starting school in england in september uh, yeah, she's yeah. she'll just be four and a half blah blah, blah. and they, he was like yeah i don't know why they insist on people starting so early because it's not like the british education system scores on any measures worldwide our education system is rubbish (laughs) absolutely rubbish Mm. you know why can't we invest energy in having an education system we can be proud of why can't being british mean really well educated why can't it mean why why is that and i think and it's like when you talk about like with the 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 like headmistress of the nursery here she's just finishing a, a, a master's in early childhood education i've been talking to her bits and pieces and she's like there's no no child development theories that suggest that going to school when you're four and a half even if it is reception class blah 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 is a good idea yeah and it's like why she's and she was like well but but britain but 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 why and i was like (laughs) because factories (laughs) it's like because history and because politics that's why and it's like uh why would you this this world where you're not or running a country where you're not trying to do the very best oh yeah okay we know why but i don't know what we're going to do about it you know there's fear and but i i also don't find it hard to you know, I hate to think that someone could be this 
so stupid or obvious. What's that thing where someone just takes a really obvious belief that it's quite... So, so what I want to say is, like, the idea that if you keep the populace uneducated, then it will be easier to control them. But I could see your Reese Moggs and your Boris Johnsons believing that. I could see them just think... And it's like a really superficial superficial intellectual idea right like superficial intellectualism of oh yeah well like that short-termist is the same thing as oh well yeah I'm, i won't do a refund for a faulty product because i'll make more money that way it's that kind of thinking <laughs> right <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, exactly it's, and yeah. it just seems so short-sighted so ignorant so sort of falsely because there's so many reasons that it's a bad yeah, idea yeah. for people to be undereducated. But I can see those people, those elites, educated people, I can see those people with those big ideas about their own intelligence going for that and believing it and acting on it and just thinking that that's fine. That's a fine way to see things. But, yeah, I think they have a... I think in that world though it goes back to early childhood psychology we're yeah. talking about you know we've talked about this before like all these people that you know get don't get enough love <laughs> it's like in the in the in the they're they're taken away and reared without being sufficiently cuddled and loved and being given enough affection and you know that, that there's those articles circulating is you should have a psychological evaluation before you're allowed to yeah. be a politician but you know it's like how could i mean I'm, I'm not saying that everybody who goes through that system turns out that way but if you have any sensitivities it would have a disastrous effect on you psychologically being handed off to somebody else in the middle of the night or, or being left to cry because the baby's just toying with you. Yeah, so it's, I mean, it's so you think like, so there's just a meanness and a bitterness and a. I think so. Like, I think. On top of it all. Yeah, and, uh, you know, there's, always, there's an emotional reason for these things usually. Um, but just you sort of have to believe in the art artifice to sort of stay sane. Like, you have to believe that you're better than everyone else. And that those yeah. people are just worse than you, and no amount of education could improve them. Like that, I no, think no, that's no, how yeah. these people think, and it's the conservative value that there is a hierarchy of quality of person that is true, yeah. and that education opportunity has nothing to do with it. Um, which we, I, I think, that's pretty easy to demonstrate, isn't true. But I think that's what you, they then is needed to help them stay. Um, yeah, it's the shell. It's been bred in. It's the shell. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, the, yeah, it's, yeah, the, yeah. it's the kind of like armor that they wear. That if if that was gone, that the, what, they were just exposed and vulnerable, and you know, like any of us, they they don't they don't want yeah. that. You know, we've all. No. It takes a lot to not have to hide behind a wall like that. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know how we... Just looking at how much they employ to keep that the way it is. Like, you know, going back to that thing, like pulling off the Cambridge Analytica approach, that cost money. Yeah. Cost a lot of money and a lot yeah. of people working. Now, I know you've brought up the, you know, maybe they only needed to be 2% better yeah. and that was enough. And maybe they could have been 20% better, but they kept it, tried to keep it. <laughs> within reason yeah, I, don't I don't know, know. Don't but know. let's imagine that actually achieving the two percent was quite hard yeah like why is there something about the progressive focused brain the sort of more open brain the less fear fear filled brain mm. that means that then we don't go to battle with these people enough do you know what, you're yeah, like because well, we're not attuned would, to looking would, for threats would, like we're not we're not no. we're not our brains are less attuned to oh there's a threat coming from there and more oh there's an opportunity there's an idea there's something i'm interested in over here like i don't know what the opposite yeah. of the threat thing is supposed to be but like that's no, you know, if you're like, if you're just looking for threats and threats must be shut down and controlled so that we can all be happy and we're not you, on the other side yeah. of the bent the fence you're not really looking for those because you kind of know that you, you hope that things will work out 
you know, I went to work at the Labour Party mm. and I was, it was part of a digital transformation type project. Yeah. And it was at a time, frankly, it was a bit too late to maybe have taken Cummings on head to head. Yeah. Uh, because uh, I was there maybe only a couple of months before the, oh no, maybe a bit, bit earlier than that. Uh, but and it, I wasn't on my own and I'm not attributing too much uh, uh, ability to myself. She's, yeah. uh, but like we encountered uh, barriers to being able to implement things that if we hadn't, perhaps that, you know, like imagine what we could have done because there were, a, there was a team of digital Cummingses, yeah. <laughs> you know, like, in the Labour Party, who had funding, but our hands were, we met with so much petty resistance right. that there was no way that we could actually achieve anything. Mm. And um, I wonder, I, I've certainly when Cummings, when it was announced that he was going to be helping Boris. Um, they, uh, one of the women I work with there, she said, she said, she was like, have you seen this? You know, mm. isn't it? Imagine what we could have done. Yeah. Um, what were the, what were the, what were the barriers? Cause I, I ended what it sounded like was that what Cummings was doing was like, they were like feeding the politicians enough to keep them to able to go off and do whatever fuckery that they wanted to do. <laughs> but the real work was being done a little bit under the radar. I don't think they were sort of asking for permission, were they? No, I think that's the thing. I think, well, you all know that I'm not an asking for permission type yeah. person, but there is a, I think there's something in that sort of more liberal nature that you don't like to be devious. I'm not a devious person. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. And a like lot of the much. thing that the resistances that I was encountering were like, it was, I would never have, you know, on a subject of, playing chess I would not have been able to play chess against these people because mm. I would not have been able to anticipate their moves yeah it's like what mm. and I don't understand the motivation but my sister has a theory that there are like people uh in the Labour Party that are in the Labour Party because that's what they've families have voted for traditionally mm. but if they took the time to evaluate their own values they would realize that they were conservatives and yeah. that they should go and be in the conservative <laughs> right. party and let the people who truly have that sort of socialist values yes. be be in and run the Labour Party and she's like the rest of you just fuck off out of my so party so it wasn't even like the rules it was just the no, people no, it, was, it was the people right it was a a devious set of of uh behaviors that just um i mean they would cite the rules but mm. it wasn't like literally phoning a supplier behind my back and telling the supplier not to talk to me wow do you know what i mean like i've uh, never like so 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 so, so, so it, it, ironically it was the people who were had a fear mentality that undermined your ability to actually kind of flex that optimism yeah, yeah. socialism muscle yeah 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 because if you think about what you know if if, if the 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 labor party a, a socialist party should all be about openness and inclusion yeah and so and digital is an amazing enabler of that yeah. you know and it's like nothing we were suggesting was more than just getting because the labor party has certainly it last time i knew which was a couple of years ago over half a million members mm. most of those people aren't active they're just paying their subs yeah now if you only activated the you know another percent that is a huge workforce to help yeah. make change you know you know and it was like our yeah. whole theory was around activation yeah and uh, and getting people more and pe more people involved in a way that they could be that suited them because the labor party involves a lot of going to meetings that are a bit bizarre and handing out flyers <laughs> <laughs> so um so yeah so we were looking at how do we get all these other people more engaged and doing more because you know you you might have a conservative donor who gives you a load of money but actually 500,000 active members is a huge force to be yeah. reckoned with. To, um, um, so, yeah. To, to bring it back to, you know, the mechanism of disaster capitalism, it's, um, I guess, the reason that it 
Because what we're talking about here is how to make change, how to move things forwards. And there's always resistance. There's always fear around change. Like there's always going to be someone. Yeah. And also the more people you've got involved, the more chance there is that someone's going to like put, put, you know, come up with a fear. And then fears just, they, they naturally spread throughout groups yeah. right like a fear will generally you know you spread fear you sow yeah. fear um and it's just very hard to achieve any change in a sort of peacetime environment because the fears yeah. seem to be more fear you know scary than the potential benefits so yeah. what disaster capitalism is it, it it takes something that has exceeded any fear Right. An event has now exceeded any fears you might have. And so then they have an opportunity to just do, make change. And it's really a measure of the person what kind of change they make at that point. George Bush, George W. Bush, didn't have to go down the militaristic route. Right. No. There was nothing predetermined that meant that he had to create this engine of war industry like that would go no. on for the rest of time because the, until all evil has been hunted down and destroyed in the entire world with guns, like that's the mission statement of that of that dis, you know, that's the decision yeah, that yeah, was made. Yeah, yeah. Um yeah. that it didn't have to be that. But um you've brought up the NHS, like it's it's troubling that change seems to be precipitated on something that exceeds people's fears happening. Yeah. And but like anything, like the measure of the person is what they do under pressure, like what they do in an emergency, what they do when something bad happens. It's easy to be like love and hope and peace and flowers to everyone oh, yeah, in yeah. peacetime, but it's yeah, yeah. it's when you're under attack. To, like it really takes some character to maintain composure in that situation and not just knee-jerk reaction, which is what the US did, which is, I don't know what we're doing in this country, but um, there's a lot of people that seem to be knee-jerking. and But, like, it's, it's activated us. It's like that, ha that disaster had to happen for us to start, for, certainly for me, to start yeah, yeah, really yeah, getting, yeah, 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 to totally. become activated in, in this world and talk well, about politics and talk about, you know, think about these things because suddenly it was very clear that it wasn't going to just happen on its own. Well, if you're talking about the measure of a person, do you know the New Zealand Prime Minister, Jacinda Ardern? Mm -hmm. She, after that um, mosque shooting, she refused to use the name of the person that perpetrated the shooting mm. straight you know she came out i think incredibly powerful and yeah. cha a changed the gun laws very very quickly like within mm. eight days or something but the fact that she had the the wherewithal the presence of mind the character mm. to go this person is not getting a platform this yeah. ideology is not getting a platform what's getting a platform is how we want to be as a country and how we mm. want to behave towards each other and you know that's there's not enough of that yeah and and, and it takes I, I i don't think it should have to take a magnificent person to be able to uh like you know do something like that i heard something about like you know holding to your principles actually is sometimes the weak thing to do like um doing something making a decision oh, yeah. on principle because yeah, this yeah, is yeah, often yeah. the yeah. weak choice but i mean certainly in that situation it's like okay i have this principle that that people are fundamentally good and that um, that any badness is a temporary aberration and people can change. Like if you hold to that belief, even in the wake of a terrorist attack or, a, you know, that's when you're tested and that's when you really have to have to do it. But like, I think the debate is so much around anyone who's got a belief the obsession is with just quickly showing that there are some people that don't have the belief so certainty is an absolute is people just don't have any certainty about what the right thing is to do unless they kind of you know buy into these leaders that will sell them certainty um a reductive kind of certainty holding to a principle under pressure in the wake of a lot of terrified people takes the sort of person that there aren't many of no. How could we make more of those people, I guess, was the crux of what I was trying to say there. Is it possible to make more of those people? I think it would be if 
more people were given a safe existence. I think if you if if you read about this psychology of early childhood mm. and these first two years, we that a lot of human resilience because there's nothing that can protect you from disaster and trauma in your life. Mm. But what uh, a couple of years of being picked up when you cry can do. And mm. in this in this book, it argues about, um, and maybe I'm just being a bit of a, you know, having a hippie mum mode, but it's like in this, in this, the first couple of years, the amount of resilience that's sort of built into your psychology. So it's not, it's not given that then it will protect you forever because we're all our own people with our own yeah. psychology. But, and the book argues, you don't have to be brilliant. You just have to be a good enough parent. Mm. So that doesn't mean, being it every time and being right every time and being but being there and providing enough safety and cuddles that you're like establishing even brings up the examples of um a child that's uh given a sense of self-worth if somebody attacks them will defend themselves like hang on a minute you know we have to teach our children not to go into maybe i've gone the wrong direction Look, but I, you know I, like i think like you've got some like and the thing is, we I mean we've covered the the points before about the sort of individuals' um, behaviours and how they come from childhood and um, yeah yeah you know like this can be changed. I'm living proof that someone can turn from a broken person into someone that does it you know, is 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 okay <laughs> yeah yeah. Um, but I think what I think about when I think about disaster capitalism and what we're talking about today is I think about cabals of people more than individuals. I think about what are these groups of people that have sort of agreed between themselves to not hold themselves to the same moral standards that other people would be expected, would be held to. Like, who are these? I mean, I'm starting to sound like the lizard people are doing stuff, but they're doing it quite out in the open. But, but, but I, I think you are onto something. You made me think about it earlier when you talked about the shell and how come these, but you know, like it is, it is about in human history. This is actually weirdly, there's been, there's more equality. Well, maybe there's not more equality, but the, lo the there are fewer people living in abject poverty, even though mm. there are still many millions. So we know this statistically to be true. Life is much better for more people yeah. than it ever has been. So instead of it being in a world where uh, only a very small percent, so that 1% that, that hold all the wealth, they are not... Uh, necessarily anymore the only educated people yeah. they are not the only people I think I think those the people who have power and want to retain power have spent the last x thousand years of society using the same principles of secrecy and uh, supremacy and pushing people down yeah. and people th but now there's more of we need to find a new way of going okay yeah, yeah you can think that but that's not going to work anymore because we are ourselves more educated because yeah. um, even though by lots of people's standards, I'm in the elite. I'm a long, long no, way from not. the elite. you're not. And it's like, we're not. And it's like, the liberal elite is not an elite by the standards of the Reese Moggs and the Boris Johnsons and the David no. Camerons. Like, people that, people, you got you got to stop saying that because it's just not true. You're looking the wrong way. Okay. We're not an elite. We just went to university. So, but I think that the, those of us who think differently and don't want to keep the power for ourselves but want the power to be better distributed simply simply have to have to actually go out and do it because oh, maybe there's something about, get involved i think there's something <laughs> well that would be lydia's argument lydia just wants to go actually change the law to make things like you can't mistreat a, care, a kid in care because it will be a criminal offense or mm. ecocide being a law the law is a yeah. powerful tool yeah. um but we um but yeah i think we just need to uh, for the you know for the last let's say ten thousand years or five thousand years of societies existing, the power have always behaved in the same way yes, that all yes, these people, the Cummings and Johnson, a long blah, 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 history. It's a long history. history of, of this is how it works. Yeah, yeah, and we need to find a way of going enough now. This actually, yeah. there are more of us, and we have more power than you think. 
that we do. And there's more power. And that's why, why would you invest in education? Yeah. And it's harder to hide than ever before. Yeah. Like just the technological aspect of all of this, like people, it's harder to hide than ever before. And hope, I, I, it would be nice to think that, this, that these people will be the last lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. it would be like let's. There is a vague hope that maybe this will sort of like go the way of the, you know, the kings. Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. It's like so, we're done now. Yeah. So yeah, there we go. Um, um, right, like we we should wrap up. I just got a text from Bruce saying, um, um, "Good episode about the growing up episode." He says, oh yeah, a man's maturity, that is to have rediscovered the seriousness he possessed as a child at play, Friedrich Nietzsche, oh. beyond good and evil. And he also says, paraphrasing go. Nietzsche, the kind of activities that should be striven for are those which are playful, creative, and end in themselves. There you go. Got some feedback from a uh, listener. I'm going to put in <laughs> Very good. Thanks, <laughs> Does it count as a listener if it's someone you've known for decades? <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> I don't know. If, it, if, if it's nothing else but a way of us keeping in touch with our friends, I think it's cool. Yes. guys thanks for listening thank you for listening if you like the podcast we've got a website it's at grandpodcast.com there's subscribe on there there's episodes there's links all the links i put i take great pains to add all the links so subscribe if you can that'd be lovely and then you get the next one and we get stats as well and you know who doesn't want stats where can people find stats where can people find you ivanka people can find me at ivanka on twitter Mm. Uh, anywhere else? Uh, no, not really. That's the best place to find them. Okay. All right. Um, and in, me- in between the weeds. Okay. In between me, I'm <laughs> me. I'm. I've got a website, michaelforestmusic.com. I actually recorded some stuff. I don't know if you heard a couple of weeks ago. I did. I did all the music with little live performances on my little synth rig. I just recorded it all as I was editing the episode. Um, but yesterday, I figured out how to get some nice multi-track recordings. I, I think some new music, some new little interludes maybe in this episode um i found a way of like 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 as bruce just mentioned like the play thing like was strangely eye-opening for me like forcing myself to play for half an hour um and this is a diversion i know it's in the outro but i I did mean to mention it like it was amazing how much i procrastinated about my playtime the first time i must have found two hours worth of stuff to do instead of just not do anything but what i found really amazing was playing for no other purpose than the play itself made me want to do a better job of playing than i normally would practicing or playing because i'm usually like in this mindset of i want to um develop a skill or try something that's difficult and kind of learn how to do something that's difficult but when it was just for me in that moment on my own I was like well I just want to enjoy it so I'm not going to kind of push myself too far I'm not going to do stuff that I don't quite know how to do yet and I'm just going to enjoy it and that was a bit of a revelation and I've been um, I've been enjoying it and as a result of doing that I'm starting to kind of come up with some cool little some very cool sounding musical bits which i hope to turn into a good recording soon and then hopefully the uh, michaelforestmusic.com announcement every episode won't seem quite so silly what else can people do what can big shots do big shots can give us some money patreon.com forward slash grand podcast you know feels a bit weird asking people to to patronize us on patreon but you know if we don't ask who will yeah exactly <laughs> we don't so ask you don't ask money. you don't get yeah uh, don't. so that's <laughs> so if you do that that would be cool and also if you could write us some reviews and ratings do some stars do some shares share um, it tweet tell a friend tweet that kind tell of a friend thing it. you yeah, know yeah. We, it's nice when our when our listeners go up we like that it makes us feel mm. like 
Yeah. <laughs> I haven't checked for a while, to be honest. But I need and to that's get it, really. into my stats. Yeah, um, that's great. And, uh, I'm going to have to go because my child wants me. Okay, see you next time, everybody. Bye. Bye, 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 bye. bye, bye, bye.